Hey, Husker fans, welcome to another episode of the Husker Big Red Podcast with Chris Peterson and Danny Gillette. As always, go Big Red. Hey, Husker fans, welcome back to another episode of the Husker Big Red podcast. We're live here on the Husker Big Red YouTube channel. Um, uh, Chris Peterson here once again with Danny Gillette, my co-host from uh, HuskerBigRed.com. And we're going to break down a big recruiting weekend for the Huskers. There's kind of a lot going on with spring ball and these guys got to, you know, got a chance to take in some practices. And there's a lot of, you know, kind of uh, interviews and intel kind of going out there with uh, recruiting. But uh, Danny, I guess we'll just start uh, first. How are you doing on this Monday morning? I'm doing good. Uh, you know, it's springtime now. It's in theory supposed to be warmer. It's a little cold here, but uh, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. So, you know, we've been talking about this recruiting weekend. You know, you've been writing about it a lot. I've been writing about it um, at HuskerBigRed.com. And um, I guess what are, you know, what are the uh, takeaways here on Monday, you know, after it has uh, kind of wrapped up? I know Dylan Rayola is kind of the you know, big topic, and, and we can kind of get to that in a minute, but just kind of on a, from a broad perspective, what, what are your takeaways from this weekend? Well, it seemed like, you know, we were able to get a lot of kids on campus, and I know, you know, that was the goal anyway, but, you know, you never know these days. Some kids cancel, some kids, you know, back out for whatever reason, and we were able to get a lot of the kids on campus, which I think was big. Um, and then also, um, from everything I've read, uh, you know, a, a lot of the recruits f uh, felt confident in where Nebraska was headed and, you know, had a positive impression of the program. So I think that can only mean good things down the road, too. And, um, you know, you mentioned just a little bit ago off air, a crystal ball for Mario Buford. I mean, I think that's something to watch. And, you know, I was expecting one or two commitments, but I also understand that this weekend kind of laid the foundation for the 2024 class. And, you know, we could see commitments down the road. Yeah, I think you put, you know, you said it great. This is a weekend to kind of lay the foundation for this class. And, you know, we could still see some commitments out of it. It does seem like, you know, guys don't really do that thing as much where they visit, you know, commit on Sunday. I mean, that used to you used to see that more. That was kind of the final meeting day and coaches would kind of push for that commitment. And so you kind of watched out for that. It seems like guys, they you know, they do the edits, they do these other different things. And so I would see, you know, I, I'm interested to see if we'll have any, you know, commitment announcements coming up this week, like, hey, I'm going to commit this date or, you know, just if, if any of those, um, if there's any targets, you know, that were on campus that kind of uh, come up with that announcement, I would think that would be a good sign for Nebraska. But, you know, at least a crystal ball in the right direction. And a lot of guys, you know, I think, the theme was that this visit exceeded expectations. You know, if you looked at the different interviews with on three or with 24 seven sports, you know, Brandon Baker, Nathaniel Frazier, um, you know, Donovan Rayola said it was a great visit. Um, Gatlin bear. A lot of them said those words, you know, exceeded expectations. And a lot of them, it was their first trip to Nebraska. So like, Brandon Baker and, and Nathaniel Frazier, these guys are from California. Um, you know, it's going to be important to get these guys back. You're not going to, you know, an elite player like that, you're not going to get him on campus the first time and get a commitment. Um, you mentioned that Brandon Baker, you know, kind of teased some stuff about the spring game. So if you can get one of those guys back for, you know, the spring or an official visit in June, you know, that would be huge. And, and this kind of sets the table for that. So I think I know I get that some people might, you know, want to see some commitments right away, but the reality is, you know, this was more of a foundation and kind of a table setter for, you know, the next few months in this class. 
And it's definitely good that those California guys are coming back, especially when you consider the uh, programs in the state. I think there's a pretty good USC program over there. Uh, and so, you know, I think it's a good thing that a lot of these kids checked out Nebraska for the first time. They came down, and um, we'll have to see what happens now. I mean, I think, you know, at the very least, Nebraska needed to make a strong impression this weekend, and they did that. And I think that's something given how this coaching staff was, you know, really got to work three months ago. And, you know, already you have top-tier recruits coming and at least saying positive things about Nebraska. That certainly counts for something and speaks to, you know, kind of the way the staff presents themselves. And, you know, not only that, but just how recruits are buying in for the future and, how and you know, there's a clear goal, a clear plan. And I think, you know, recruits are you know starting to sense that yeah it'll be interesting to me too to see what you know the the next kind of plan is for nebraska they really kind of organized this week and they brought in other visitors and i'm sure they'll have some others you know kind of come in sporadically here over the next few weeks but it seems like to me the next kind of big weekend or, or whatever that they're kind of aiming for is going to be that spring game you know they've got dylan rayola coming it sounds like they've got you know some others coming for that game willis as McGahee. well yeah willis mcgahey so um you know i think they're trying to get that weekend kind of geared up so that that could be another opportunity to you know build some momentum and and getting these guys on campus this weekend is going to help with that and i just think especially with these guys that are you know nebraska kids it's not as important but these guys that are from california or texas or whatever you got to get them on campus two or three times or you're just you're you're not going to get a commitment from a premier player yeah and you know i think it's important because the spring game will be the first time where you know these recruits get to see all the fans because you know it's going to be exciting even though it's a spring game fans are going to come out obviously like they always do and they're gonna want to see you know as much as they can with this new program and at least be around the football atmosphere so it's gonna be a it's gonna be another big day this isn't gonna be a day where you know a couple fans show up and wave their pom-poms and that's it I can tell you the stadium is gonna be packed and you know I think that'll give recruits a chance to see you know what it's like on game day in terms of the atmosphere because you know you hear about it all the time oh Nebraska has the best fans Nebraska you know, sells out every Saturday, but it's another thing when you get to experience it. Yeah, I think it will matter. And I, you know, even without fans being there, you know, a lot of the guys talked about the fans and I think that, you know, they get recognized these recruits on these visits to Nebraska and stuff more than even they do with other places. You know, I know that happened with Rayola from some reporting that I read. So, you know, I, I do think that even without kind of seeing that game day atmosphere, these guys know, you know, the passion of this fan base. And that's definitely, I think, going to be a selling point going forward. And um, that spring game, yeah, not, a, not only a chance to see the fans, but to see, you know, the football operation of Matt Rule. And it's true, these guys have seen more of it than we have, obviously. You know, they've, they're they getting into taking a full practice and stuff like that and probably sitting in on some meetings and different things. But it'll be fun to actually see more of a game-type atmosphere. And I think that that will give those guys a chance to just see what, you know, the product's going to look like in the fall a little bit, obviously, not the the full picture but at least giving us a glimpse of what matt rule you know is going to have this program looking like next season i remember reading an article um last year i think it was and one of one of mickey joseph's big recruiting points was that you know to a recruit you know you're the only show in town here there's no pro team there's no you know you know competing on sundays there's no you know split allegiances when it comes to football nebraska football is the only show in town 
and you know you kind of get treated like a professional while you play here and that could be good and that could be bad but for players who want that challenge and for players who want to get attention and get noticed and play in a you know a fun you know frenzied in the best way possible environment you know i think nebraska that's a big selling point too you know i i i really think in that way it could also help them prepare for the next level you know just having that single focus on them and you know, having that passion from the fans, especially because there is no pro game in town. Yeah, for sure. That's a that's a good point. And it is a good selling point, I think. And it's it's another reason we've talked about it before, but that NIL should be really strong at Nebraska. And there's been, you know, some some weird issues there with Matt Davidson. I want to get into that too much, but, uh, you know, that NIL shouldn't be a problem with this fan base. So that should be a strength going forward. Um, it should I did be. Wanna, it should yeah. be. But yeah, anyway. Um, but I did want to talk a little bit more, you know, now about the big the big name on campus this weekend, five-star quarterback Dylan Rayola, the number one overall prospect in the 24-7 sports composite rankings for 2024. You know, was at Georgia last weekend, USC a couple weeks ago. Um, I did read, you know, he it was either him or his dad. I think his dad talked to Steve Biltfong, but it said it was a great visit. And, you know, basically that coach rules message was, you know, we're going to win here and we're going to win right away. So come be part of this, you know, be, be part of this program. And so I don't know, what do you, what do you feel about Dylan Rayola coming out of this weekend? I mean, I feel the same as I did. I still think Nebraska has a good shot, but I mean, you know, it's going to be hard to compete with, Georgia and, you know, USC, I think, and then Oregon is still in there somewhere. So I feel about the same. I don't feel any worse. I don't feel any better. I mean, I'm just, you know, there is a big selling point to the fact that, you know, he could change the program around like that. He could change it overnight and not just him, but the people who want to play with him and the people who he can, you know, help bring in because, you know, wide receivers are going to, want him to throw the ball to them and you know I, I i feel the same i don't feel any drastically improved odds or anything like that after this weekend i will say you know i i saw all sorts of husker fans feeds with pictures of dylan rayola so he was so he was a celebrity uh this weekend and it must have felt uh must have felt pretty cool for him to just kind of you know be a celebrity for the weekend and for all of these kids i mean this is one of the biggest recruiting uh, weekends in recent memory. And, you know, I can't imagine, you know, what the feeling must be like. Because, you know, Husker fans on social media, they were busy all weekend and happy all weekend and tweeting at players positively. I saw a lot of positive tweets. And, you know, there's just this energy around the building right now that we haven't had in quite some time. Yeah, for sure. It's um, yeah, fans were really excited and um, you know, re refreshing their Twitter updates a lot. You know, I know, I, know I was. Yeah, <laughs> fans and run the message boards and stuff. And there was, you know, Rayola had, you know, Dylan had pictures with you know Brandon Baker and you know Ryan Wingo was one circulating on Friday night that I, I know had people probably pretty excited. You know, and those, those are exciting um, you know possibilities, and I think there is a chance that 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 could happen if they land. Rayola, I don't really think, you know, I, I don't see Nebraska having a great chance with Ryan Wingo unless they land Rayola. That's just my thought yeah. on it. But uh, you never know. I mean, that's the thing about recruiting is you never know. I think one thing that, that Nebraska did this weekend, you know, in terms of 
where all these other guys are visiting, you know, Georgia, Oregon, USC, whatever. You know, I think Nebraska showed them like, hey, we have great facilities here um, and our facilities. You know, multiple guys mentioned that. I, Ryan Wingo, I think, was one that it might not have been him. So if, if I got that wrong, you know, I'm sorry. But one of those guys was saying like, hey, these, uh, you know, facilities are really great. And the ones that they're building are going to be, you know, they meant they, they uh, you know, actually mentioned the new facilities. So, I mean, I think that that's something that, you know, they're getting the attention of these recruits saying like, hey, if you come here, you're going to have everything in terms of, you know, all the newest technology and all that type of stuff that you're going to get at Alabama or, or wherever else. And I do think that Matt Rule is getting Nebraska into the future in terms of like all of the um, kind of supplemental staff that he's brought in and the training staff and, and things like that. So I think it's a much more. Um, elite operation under Matt Rule, just the organization level, and 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 I think it just kind of uh, you know puts off that that attitude of winning more than uh, more than it did under Scott Frost. You know, just just to be honest. I mean, not that the bar is set high, but I totally get what you mean. Um, but um, you know, he talked about you know Matt Rule did about you know wanting you know proper nutrition and you know having good facilities, making sure the kids are taken care of, and just like small things like that. You know, as a player, that must make you feel good. I mean, knowing that your coach wants wants the best for you and you're not just a number on a field, you know, to kind of just do what you're told and that's it and that's all the coach thinks of you. Knowing that, you know, the coach wants, you know, nutrition, proper nutrition for his players, knowing that he wants to, like, be around them, that he cares about them, that he wants to create this team atmosphere, I think it does mean something to these guys and, you know, the new facility i've seen you know pictures of it but from what i've seen is you know from for what they've done so far is absolutely beautiful i can't wait i think I, I think i actually saw the renderings like the computer renderings of it and man it's gonna look really really good yeah it's gonna be a you know a big selling point um and nebraska has you know tremendous facilities and i think they're gonna have a lot of you know they can sell you know, playing time and, and the chance to, you know, build this thing back into a winner. And I think, um, you know, Matt Rule used a kind of an interesting analogy that, you know, I read, I think, from Steve Wiltfong or it might have been Sean Callahan, actually. But that he was saying, you know, we've we've had this really nice house. We have one of the nicer houses in the neighborhood. We just it hasn't been, you know, the previous owners, you know, basically just didn't didn't upkeep it, didn't take care of it well enough. And that's what we're going to do. And and I think that that's a good message. And you know, it goes back to that point of, you know, exceeding expectations. And I think they did that with a lot of guys. I don't know that, you know, they exceeded Dylan Rayola's expectations just in the sense that he's been, he knows more about this program than a lot of these guys because of his dad. And, you know, he's made, you know, trips to Nebraska in November and then in Jan or in February. So it's not like a new thing for him, but, you know, I, I still think it's a good sign that he's coming back for the spring game. And the next objective is look to get an official visit. I mean, that's a, it, Georgia has one, um, you know, he's got four more. I don't know that he's going to use all of those. I would be surprised if he used all five, to be honest. But yeah. I think Nebraska's got to get one of those. And, uh, you know, USC, I think, and Oregon are probably both in the mix, too. And like I've always said, I think it's going to come down to that. But even though, like, you know, Wilt Fong's got his crystal ball on USC, I mean, really, I I just don't – I don't see a favorite right now. I really don't. I think it's. I think it's a dead heat. I think people – aren't including Oregon enough in it. And uh, yeah, I, I just, I think Nebraska's right in the middle of it. And that's all that you can ask right now. Yeah. And you know, Will Fong changes his crystal balls, you know, more than the weather. So I don't know if I necessarily buy does, yeah. his crystal ball right now, but um, 
No, it was just kind of cool. You talked about making good impressions and moving the needle. Uh, from what I read, Caleb Benning was really impressed. And it, and it was kind of cool. Uh, Rashawn Jackson posted a picture on Twitter of him, you know, Damon, Caleb, and Eric Crouch. So it was like Husker history and the future right there. So that was pretty cool to see. And, you know, it's just – it's kind of – always been this way for better or for worse but you know i saw several alumni tweeting pictures with recruits this weekend and it's really cool to see the alumni just kind of embrace this program because i know there was some hesitancy in the beginning but you know now i think the alumni are starting to really get behind what matt rule is doing yeah i definitely yeah definitely i mean the the alumni i think and the former players for sure and he's done a great job at that i mean you've seen a lot of former players that practice um, I think Garrett Nelson, even though he didn't come back, you know, he really was complimentary of Matt Rule in the way that, you know, he treated him like he was one of his players in the lead up to the draft process. I, I think that that tells you a lot about Matt Rule and the kind of person that he is. And it goes back to that, you know, it sounds kind of corny, but just having good people and getting the right people in place. And he really believes that and stresses that. And so, you know, I think that's important. Um, just overall in this, you know, I, Every kid that I've talked to or that I've seen get talked to, you know, Gatlin Bayer, uh, you know, Benning, Baker, Frazier, Ryan Wingo. I mean, even Williams, Noir, I mean, all these guys that are big time prospects. It all seems like Nebraska has moved things in the right direction. Now, the caveat to that is, is almost every visit, you know, if all these guys went and visited, you know, Kansas State, they'd probably all come out. You know what I mean? Like most visits yeah, come out yeah. pretty positively. But I do think that Nebraska opened their eyes a little bit like this isn't just you know, some like podunk Midwestern town, you know, like Omaha and Lincoln, you know, these are big places and it, it doesn't feel, you know, so much like a, you know, it's not, you're not surrounded by cornfields, I guess is the, is the point. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I think, you know, it would be kind of easy to say, oh, you know, they're just, you know, this is just lip service when, you know, talking about these recruits, but you saw what the staff was able to do, you know, just when they got here and the recruiting efforts, they, you know, accomplished when they got here. And so I think there is a little bit more to that than lip service. And, you know, it's kind of interesting because Matt Rule, um, Matt Rule had, you know, Nebraska high school coaches at practice on Thursday. I, I'm trying to pull up the names right now. He had Glenn Snodgrass, uh, Larry Martin, Walt Olson, and the Lincoln Football Coaches Association president, Mark Waller, there on Thursday. So, He's really embracing the area as well, and you know it's good to see that because with the with the, the talent coming up in 2024 and I think 2025 as well, I mean having those connections and embracing them and knowing that you know hey our program is here we want to recruit your kids, you know having that is also you know must be really good and definitely establishes the pipeline in the state. Yeah, I think that's a big, uh, you know, a big step forward. And, you know, he just he thinks really long term, you know, like trying to, you know, I know one of his objectives he's talked about is visiting coaches and doing coaches clinics to help, you know, high school coaches here improve because then the players Nebraska can try to recruit from can improve. And that's just it's such a, you know, easy concept, but I don't think it's something that you put into practice a lot. And I mean, he did that in Texas, like even when he was Carolina Panthers head coach, he'd go back and do coaches clinics and, you know, at Texas. And, and that's the thing for a guy that has never been from Texas. Like you, you would not know that Matt rules not from Texas because he's beloved there by high school coaches. And, and uh, he's, he's following that same roadmap and that same plan in Nebraska. And I think it's going to pay big dividends on the recruiting trail. 
I do too. And, you know, it's always good to kind of, I'm not saying he, he has a safety blanket when he does these things, but you know that, you know, coaches are going to start looking to the program again and, you know, looking to, you know, Matt Rule. Because there was a point in time last year, I remember reading an article last February, I think it was, and, you know, that the, the um, some Nebraska high school coaches, the Nebraska coaching staff at the time did a tour and, you know, they were talking to some Nebraska high school coaches and, you know, someone said in the article, I forget who it was, but somebody said, you know, if it felt like we had been neglected for so long and now it's good to see them make their recruiting efforts here. Now Matt Rule's ramped that up, you know, 10 times more. So, you know, I don't think Nebraska in terms of talent will be ignored much longer in the state. Yeah, and they did, uh, you know, I mean, Carter Nelson, you know, we should mention he was on campus. Um, you know, there was a couple of guys, Isaiah, uh, you know, McMorris and David Hall had to, you know, they had some conflicts with seven on seven things and they didn't make it to campus, but doesn't, it's not like they just were like, hey, I don't want to come. And and those in-state guys, like I said, it's not as big a concern. You know, they could get them back for a different day. You know, they've had, the you know, different guys visiting for spring practice and stuff like that. Um but yeah, I mean, you still had over 25 guys on campus, a lot of four-star recruits, a lot of blue chippers, and you know they they really did make some movement. I, I especially think with uh, you know Nathaniel Frazier, I think they really you know have given themselves a good chance there, especially with how much they want to run the ball. And you know, it really seemed like he made a good connection with you know Matt Rule, and um, obviously you know EJ Barthel's a really strong recruiter, so I feel I feel good about him and. I think at this point it's clear to me that he's, you know, the top of the heap at the on the at, when it comes to the running back board. Kind of a guy that you didn't really think about when we were looking at, you know, the 2024 class at the beginning of the year, right? We were looking at all the in-state guys and then we didn't even think about, you know, the California connection and, you know, guys out there, but if we were able to land Nathaniel Frazier, that would certainly be, you know, a big time talent for this class and, you know, we already have Roger Gradney and adding Nathaniel Frazier would be another huge piece. And, you know, I think, um, I think the California connection is going to be even more important with USC and UCLA in the conference. They have always had it, but now Nebraska is going to have the opportunity, especially with Tony White's connections in the state to go out there and recruit even more. So I think establishing a foothold in California uh, would be a smart thing. It might be a little challenging because, again, USC, who says no to USC? Um, and But, you know, still, I think I think it's a worthy area to explore. And it's not just, you know, shooting blindly in the dark, so to speak, in terms of a recruiting area. Mm -hmm. And one thing that was interesting, too, is you saw, you know, guys from Nebraska, Texas, I mean, basically all over the map, you know, Pennsylvania, Kansas, I mean, um, a bunch of guys from Missouri where Nebraska is trying to expand things, Arizona, obviously. So really guys from all over the map, but uh, they're, they're still staying focused on that kind of 500-mile radius from Lincoln, which I think is really smart. But they, but they are recruiting at a national level, and that's, you know, when this program is humming, that's that's what it can do. And, you know, that is going to take some winning, but this this weekend I think was a really good step in the right direction. Um, I did want to wrap up. But today's episode talk a little bit of spring ball a little bit of spring football i know that kind of got hijacked a little bit with the recruiting weekend but these guys did come in to, to watch some spring practices and um i was just kind of scrolling through some notes checking out some things from last week um 
and I don't know if you saw this, but Husker 24-7 on one of their uh, kind of wrap-ups of spring ball, they had a, a note on the offensive line group. And from left to right, it was the, the first group was Turner Corcoran, Ethan Piper, uh, Ben Scott, um, Nordine Nawili, and then uh, Bryce Benhart at right tackle. So, I mean, nothing too surprising. Um, of course, Teddy's been – and I know – I'm sorry, I don't know how to pronounce – we've tried to do it, Prashaka, I'm going to – so. I think it's Prajaka. Yeah. Prajaka. I don't know if that's right. I need to learn how to pronounce his name. But um, at any rate, Teddy's Teddy's been getting work at left tackle, but still has the the green, you know, kind of contact jersey. So I don't know how much we're really learning from that because um, but based off that offensive line, you know, if that's if they're gonna stick with that, that makes me think that um the biggest position battle is gonna be left guard between Turner Corcoran and uh, Ethan Piper, because I don't I don't think Turner Corcoran's gonna be staying at left tackle. No, but, you know, it, it did give us an idea of what a potential line could look like. And, you know, all things considered, I don't hate that group at all. I think that's a solid – I think that's a solid group right there. Ben Scott definitely bolsters the group. But I'll be interested to see, you know, what Rayola – or what Rayola and Rule, quite frankly, does with this group because, you know, as much as I like to, you know, criticize them and say, oh, they're awful and this, that, and the other thing, they haven't really had a good offensive line coach in, I don't know, four years, five years. So we'll see. I mean, you know, we'll have to see, um, you know, what type of offense this is. Marcus Satterfeld kind of, you know, I'm kind of getting the idea that it's going to be a physical running offense. And last year I noticed, and you noticed this too, because I know we talked about it. They did a little bit better in terms of run blocking. They didn't necessarily create holes all the time, but they were a little bit solid as a unit in that. So I'm curious to see if Marcus Satterfeld's physical offense will kind of play to their strengths here a little bit. And, um, you know, I like that group that you just mentioned. And um, we'll see how they do, because this is a big year for the unit and for uh, Donovan Rayola. Yeah, I, I feel good about that group actually, because you know we we talked about uh, you know Ethan Piper played pretty well, yeah, and uh, from that group, I, I do think he's going to be challenged to start. But at the same time, what I could see happening is uh, Corcoran moving to left guard, which is where he started last year, and then he moved out, you know, to when Teddy got hurt. So it seems like they're going to go with that approach again, and that you know the one weakness is of course that right tackle spot with Ben Hart um but look he started a lot of games in his career and uh they just need to get the best football out of him it's not like they need him to be you know all first team like Big Ten they just need the guy to, to get out of his stance quicker and play better and, and I do think that is possible with with better coaching because with offensive line so much of it is you know your technique and you know your footwork and your hand placement all these little things and and uh, not that Nebraska is getting a new coach, but I just think that with Rule and, and some of these other guys, you know, even Ed Foley, and they have offensive line experience, so I do think that's going to help. And um, another thing about you know that group too, you know, Henry Leptowski is another guy on the interior. Um, Jacob Hood and, and Gunnar Gatula were both kind of on the right side, so maybe one of those guys could you know maybe pr provide some uh, competition there. But um, one thing that struck my mind, you know, when you mentioned the running game, I don't know if you saw it but uh, you know Heinrich Harburg had the touchdown run the other day in practice and was looking pretty good and um I have to say I you know I would I would not be disappointed at all to see him you know kind of surge forward and and uh you know be that number two number three quarterback and kind of jump ahead of everybody else on the depth chart yeah you know I think he's a guy that's kind of been forgotten about and kind of buried but for 
from all indications, you know, he's had a strong spring so far. I know he was talking about a, a potential position change last week, but, you know, that to me is even a good thing because it shows that he wants to be on the field. He wants to be here and, you know, he wants to help out this team. And so, you know, I do take it with a little bit of a grain of salt. He was wearing the green non-contact jersey. So having been on a football team, if you touch the quarterback with a green jersey, you're going to get screamed at. So, <laughs> so I don't think uh, I don't think anybody was going to touch the quarterback on that because I saw that nice run play. And but anyway, um, you know, I think it's going to be an important spring for him. And I think the spring game. I don't normally put too much stock in it, but I think how the quarterbacks play is going to during that game is going to tell a lot because I mean. You know, people thought very favorably of Purdy after the spring game, and I did too, because he played so well, and, you know, he kind of cemented himself into that number two role, and, you know, maybe something like that will happen this spring as well, where Harburg kind of separates himself from the bottom tier of the positional unit. And it's, you know, I mean, even if you are like, you know, Cheva Purdy or one of these guys, you know, spring is one of your chances to get you know, other schools to notice you too. And, and that's not to say that he couldn't, you know, eventually win the job here at Nebraska. I mean, he was hurt last year or whatever, but yeah, it's going to be a, an interesting to see how that um, hierarchy plays out. And Jeff Sims, you know, so far as looked to the part, according to everybody that, you know, has kind of observed him. And so that'll be interesting to see, you know, what that will be like. Um, it sounds like that Prince William Amalian and Cameron Leonard have both looked pretty solid in practice. I mean, just like looked the part of, of college dudes. So, I mean, I think that's a good thing on the defensive line because this team needs, this team needs pass rushers. I mean, it's, it's a, uh, there's, there's guys that can do it. I think that have the potential to do it, but I mean, there's nobody on this roster. I don't, I don't think that's had more than like two or three sacks in their career and probably like Ty Robinson and, and uh, Hutchmaker probably like the leading in terms of like the number of sacks from last year, because it's, there's just, there's just not a lot of sack production to go off, off this team. So, you know, while there's a lot of promise that, that, that's still a huge question mark, I think is who's going to emerge to, uh, you know, affect the other team's quarterback. Yeah. And, and at the same token, you know, how is the secondary going to play? We talked about it a little bit last week, but the secondary is going to play a huge part of this defense as well. And, you know, I think, um, I think, you know, Omar Brown was a guy that, that has been getting good reviews. Um, and, you know, guys like that are going to have to step up and, you know, play at a high level because the 3-3-5 at his best, you know, can get pressure on the quarterback and make life easier for the secondary. So I'm going to be interested to see, you know, what happens, you know, in terms of schemes and things like that. And, you know, I think it's going to be a very interesting defense. And I think it's the right defense for, you know, Nebraska moving forward, especially in this, you know, big 10, that's going to welcome USC and UCLA soon. So I think it's, you know, I think it's going to be a good defense and I'm just going to be curious to see what kind of, you know, personnel they put there and things like that, because they have a lot of athletes on the defense. So that allows you to mix and match. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see how they use, you know, Chief Borders and MJ Sherman and, you know, where Ty Robinson is, you know, some of those guys. Um, Tommy yeah. Hill was back at practice Thursday, too. So, I mean, and Anthony Grant's back with the team now, too. So we should mention that. So that's a, a good thing, I think, for the offense. Yeah, absolutely. And you, th you talk about, a, you know, three headed monster of Anthony Grant, AJ Allen and Gabe Irvin. I like that a lot. 
And then, you know, with, and you actually have, you know, Jeff Sims potentially starting who can, you know, run, who can be, be, be kind of a true dual threat option. Um, and yeah, it, it does provide some exciting, you know, possibilities, especially then you look at the tight end position and, you know, Rick Gilbert's looked really good. Um, Thomas Fedoni's looked spectacular. Um, I mean, man, as long as he can just stay healthy, I, I agree that guy, that guy freaking looks like a first or second round pick, you know? Yeah, they, um, yeah, they uh, look like grown men playing a yeah, college game. They do. Fedoni does too. He's looked really good, like physically. Um, you know, in yep. a lot of the videos I've seen. So that's great to see because I really want him to succeed. And you know, uh, you know, you talk about that physical brand of football that Satterfeld wants to employ. I mean, <laughs> let's hope Gilbert can block because if he connects, he'll probably send an opposing defender across the field. So. I mean, well, and yeah, and coming from Georgia, I mean, it's not yeah. like you don't pussyfoot around in that program. Yeah, no, no, you no, don't no. mess around. So, um, you know, I feel good about that. And, uh, you know, I, I like um, Billy. I think Billy Kemp and Josh Fleeks are two names that we're going to hear a lot um, this season just because Fleeks knows the offense. And Nebraska just doesn't have those, you know, kind of shifty slot type, you know, receivers. And, and uh, you know, you kind of need that in a spread offense. And, and so I think those guys are going to catch a lot of passes. And, and then on the outside, you know, I think you're going to see, you know, Washington and Betts and Malachi Coleman. And I, I really think this offense can be pretty darn good as long as that offensive line can can hold up. And so we'll see. But that'll be interesting, you know, with spring ball. I, I think that's the biggest question, you know, obviously outside of quarterback is how is this offensive line going to hold up? The numbers aren't huge. I mean, the, just in terms of how many guys they've got right now. So it'll be interesting to see how they feel about that group and. You know, if there's any kind of supplementing in the transfer portal, because there is a bunch of freshmen coming in, too. So that's something to keep in mind. I'm curious to, you know, see how Betts, you know, kind of does, because, you know, when he first got here uh, a couple years ago, he had a ton of speed. He, he was fast. He was kind of shifty. And, you know, he could, you know, go from zero to 100 in, you know, five seconds. And, you know, now he's been away for a little bit, but he's added muscle. He's looked good by all accounts. I'm curious to see if he still has that speed and, you know, how he will be able to fit into this offense. And, you know, because I always thought before he came back, he was, you know, one of the missed opportunities for Nebraska football. I didn't think they used him enough. But, you know, now that he's back, I'm curious to see what kind of dimensions he'll add to this offense because I think he's a really, really good football player and I'm happy to have him back. And think about, you know, Xavier Betts was, I think he was like 121 overall or something mm -hmm. when he came out. And, you know, Malachi Coleman's like 67th overall. I mean, and those guys are both, you know, potentially going to be on the field at the same time this year for Nebraska and guys that are, you know, 6'3", 6'4", that can run like the wind. Um, and then you had Marcus Washington on the other side who's 6'3", and is a, basically a pretty proven, you know, deep threat. I mean, I'm not, you know, he obviously hasn't put up Trey Palmer type numbers, but he's had, you know, over like 300 yards receiving the last couple of years. So, I mean, he's, he's a set, you know, he's, you know what you're going to get from him. Good and route then, runner too. Yeah. And then you add in, you know, Fleeks and Kemp in the slot and uh, Gilbert and Fedoni at tight end. And then, you know, the, the guys at running back you talked about the depth, of quarterback, like I, I've been really, I, I feel really good about this offense, at least on paper. And, you know, I feel good. You know, I think it's going to take a little bit longer to come together. But the defense, mm -hmm. I do feel good about. I do feel good about the defense. I think some guys are going to have to step up. But, you know, I feel good about the scheme. And I feel good about, you know, a guy like Chief Borders, you know, someone who's, you know, albeit a little bit more limited, played in the SEC, you know, has that type of, has that type of, you know, athleticism. And you hear guys on the defensive side of the ball, they're excited to play. 
And, you know, that's half the battle. Act like you want to be there. Show up. And, you know, if you're going to make a mistake, make it at 110 miles an hour. So I'm excited to see this defense, too, because, you know, I think there's a lot of potential with it. And I think, you know, if the players, you know, players step up and, you know, kind of grow into their roles, I think we could see something really special for both the team and the players themselves. Yeah, and some nice moves up front. You know, I mean, um, Hutchmacker's, you know, kind of bulked up to 330. So, I mean, I think you could see him kind of as that nose. And then, you know, you've got Robinson and, uh, you know, Elijah Judy, I think, could be, you know, kind of those bookend um, ends. You know, so I, I, I like how all that kind of sets up. And I feel like that would be a really good position for Ty Robinson, you know, a chance for him to, you know, still rush the passer a little bit, but, you know, defend against the run and he's a big long type yeah. guy he probably could and and look you're you're probably going to see a lot of times too where nebraska just has two defensive linemen i mean like two defensive tackles two guys standing up on the edge you know basically like a four two five um you know so get get used to seeing those different types of variations i don't think you're going to see like straight three three five on every play it's going to be you know varied and uh you know with different pass rushers i think at times you're probably like you're probably only going to see you know, two defensive linemen and two edge guys, two linebackers, and then five defensive backs. I mean, that's that's the new age of college football. But the, at the same time, you know, you can turn that into a situation where you've got, you know, eight guys up in the box because you can, you know, walk up your extra safeties. You can do a lot of different things. So that's what I like about it. I, I think you can manipulate your, your personnel to, you know, defend the run or defend the pass. So it'll be interesting to see how they line up in the spring game. I think that'll give us our best idea yet. But Overall, I just think if you look at, you know, there's experienced players at all three levels coming back, you know, the defensive line at linebacker and even and I'm talking about like multiple starters at, at uh, you know, every level of the defense. So that's something you obviously have to feel good about. Basically, four starters coming back in the secondary, two at linebacker, and two up front. So, I mean, you basically got eight or nine guys starting on this defense, and I feel like that's a really good place to begin with, especially considering how they've supplemented that with the transfer portal. And to be completely honest with you, I think Garrett Nelson would have fit very well on this defense. I wish he came back for one more season. I mean, I heard that he didn't really, you know, test well at the uh, pro day for Nebraska last week. And I'm not going to rag on him or anything. I'm just kind of disappointed. I wish he was back here. And I think one more year would have done him some good in this defense. But you talk about all the returners. And, you know, I'm thinking a guy like Robinson, you know, he's a decent pass rusher, but I feel like he can you know, clog the lanes a little bit better. So if they have him playing more of a run defense or just kind of staying home a little bit, I think he could really play well in that role. Because, I mean, I know it was a long game and everything, but all I can remember is him getting juked out by Aiden O'Connell. And, and, uh, and you know, we saw kind of the lack of speed he had. He definitely had the physicality, but maybe the lack of speed. So I'm thinking maybe, you know, a type of thing where he just fills a lane or two is would be a better fit for him. Yeah, definitely. I, I do wish that, yeah, Garrett Nelson had returned this year. I think it would have been a nice fit for him, but you know, it is what it is. Guys make decisions that they make. I still think that, you know, even though he may not get drafted, I think he's got enough pass rush ability to, you know, get signed somewhere. So We'll see what happens there, but I'm still rooting for the guy. Hopefully, oh, yeah. you know, he can get his name yeah. called on the 
on Sunday, um, or not on Sunday, but to play on Sundays in the NFL, um, you don't want to get drafted on. There is no draft on the sun on Sunday, so <laughs> no. If you're getting that's... drafted on Sunday, you're signing an undrafted free agent <laughs> contract. So or you're, or you're in like the USFL draft or something. So <laughs> I hope not. I I I think I'll get signed. And Bill Bush has been working with him for the pre-draft process, so it's good to see Bill still hanging around. I hope he gets another job somewhere, Bill Bush. But uh, you know. People will ask why we didn't keep Bill Bush, and I think it, you you just wanted a fresh start um, all around. I think it's good to have Matt Rule bring in his own guys, and Bill Bush, you know, certainly did a heck of a job with the situation he had to work with last year. So I'm happy to see he's. I think he's doing radio now and helping out Garrett Nelson, so he's staying busy. Yeah, he he's a great coach, and um, you know, he'll I'm sure he'll get hired as an assistant or if somebody. You know, wants him to be an analyst like he was at Nebraska two years ago, but uh, he'll he'll definitely land on his feet. Um, he could have helped this staff, I think, you know, on some level. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, you look at like Evan Cooper. I mean, he he's a dynamic recruiter and, uh, you know, with defensive coordinator. I mean, I don't think Nebraska could have done better than Tony White, except for, you know, that guy from Georgia or whatever that I really wanted, Schumann. But, you know, they, they made some big time hires. And, you know, I know some people don't love you know, Garrett McGuire and all that, but I think this is going to be a really good staff. I, I do. do too. I think he was a great hire. So, you know, I think he's going to be one of the guys that it's going to leave within a couple of years. Cause another team is going to see him and say, Hey, you know, we want this guy. And just real or, quickly, or like, uh, you know, Satterfield's going to go somewhere and then he's going to be the next offensive coordinator here. And then he's going to be a head coach somewhere. Like yeah, I, I mean, I could see Garrett McGuire being a head coach within the next decade, you know? You want your coaches to move up and get hired somewhere else. You don't want all of them to 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 leave or get fired or whatever like we've had before. Yeah. So one other thing I'll say too, really quickly, is Ryan Held uh, was at Nebraska practice. I think it was Friday because he sent out a tweet saying thank you, Matt Rule, for welcoming me and uh, my staff to Nebraska today or whatever. I just thought that was really cool. You know, just kind of, you know, two eras linking and, you know, Matt Rule just being welcoming to more Nebraska coaches. Yeah, it's just uh, it's Matt Rule's kind of the way he does things. But, you know, I think he's building this program in the right way. He's doing it the right way on the recruiting trail and, and on the field. So it's a really exciting time to be a Nebraska fan. So, um, you know, with that, we'll start wrapping up the show, but make sure that you guys, you know, so you don't miss any of our other episodes uh, going forward, make sure you hit the subscribe button. Um, you know, if, if you're a Nebraska fan or tell other people that you know about, you know, our show so that they can, you know, become part of it too. Um, get into the comments section, you know, hit that like button and uh, let us know what you think about spring ball or Matt rule, Dylan Riola, you know, or whatever. So, uh, also, check out huskerbigred.com for all of our written content. And uh, as always, go Big Red. Go Big Red.